Celebrate good times. Come, Come on. on. Uh, yeah. It's a celebration. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode. This is actually, we're calling this the celebration episode. Celebration. The celebration episode. We have hit a thousand total plays. Thank you to the HGs, the Horn Grabbers. Our loyal and lovely listeners. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, so we are celebrating. Uh, we're going to have a, a different format of the show for you guys today. Uh, we are celebrating our 1,000 plays. We actually went past 1,000. Uh, I think we're at like 1,035 or something like that. Yeah, so um, bing, bang, boom. We did it. <laughs> uh, so we, we do not have a guest on today. Uh, we are going to uh, be actually... Uh, learning some more and talking to each other. Uh, we've been grilling a ton of different guests over uh, the, our 13 episodes so far. And I think it's time for listeners maybe to uh, learn a little bit more about us. So uh, that's where we'll be heading this week, uh, this episode. So um, we'll still start off with what has impressed you and what has underwhelmed you this week. Mr. Villa, first of all, how are you doing? Give us your thoughts about the Big 1,000 plays. Uh, big 1,000 plays. I think I've said this on a couple of episodes, is that I had no kind of expectation for what this podcast was going to do and what it was going to bring us. And if you said that you're going to get over 1,000 plays within like your first season of doing this, and we're still going. We're still going strong. We have more episodes that we're going to do here. But I, I would have been like, yeah, right. You know, We're going to have a couple of students, maybe a couple of people. Like My parents are going to listen to this, right? But yeah. a, a thousand plays. Uh, it, it really is uh, just very humbling. And just I'm so appreciative of all of our HGs and, and the continuous positive comments that we receive, um, not only from, uh, I know I get it from my friends and family, but just from other people in the community. So it, it really is truly an honor. It makes me feel so special that we can bring um, this to our listeners. So yeah, really, really awesome. So. And that, that reminds me uh, that we do have a shout-out for oh, this yeah. week, mm -hmm. uh, a big shout-out. Uh, so, J.D., you want to tell us about this big shout-out here? Sure, yeah. I was actually at uh, at my son's baseball game, and I'm sitting in the stands, and I had Mr. Corgan Willis, who just happened to be there. His nephew is on my son's baseball team. And so we were sitting there chatting, and he made a comment to me. He says, hey, I just started listening uh, to the podcast. You know, I really enjoy it. And, you know, and I said thank you for that. I was just kind of curious. I was like, oh, like, uh, what made you start listening to the podcast you know was there something that, that brought you to it and he mentioned his mom so i need to give a big shout out to claudia willis mama willis who i she was actually at the game too and we had a lovely little conversation and she she complimented us on the show and how we're doing and everything and she also wished that we would get the thousandth listener wow and, and you know what i think it's official it is, I, I, you can go for it go ahead Claudia, if you're listening, HG, you are the thousandth listener. And we just want to say thank Woo! you so much. A big shout out to Claudia Willis, Mama Willis. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate you. And yes, you are our official thousandth listener. You are the 1,000th listener, Mama Willis. Uh, fun fact about Mama Willis, she helped me with my first communion. Oh, really? At uh, St. Charles back when I was a little kid. Um, so God shout out her. to Mama Willis. Just a, a lovely human. Um Come and redeem your prize. <laughs> Please stop at, by. At Granada. Uh, I don't know what it is, uh, but come and redeem your we, prize. We will have something for you when you get here. We, yeah? we'll, we'll find something. You know, <laughs> we, we, we can talk to people. You know, we, we know people, uh, leadership, things like that. We can get you some stuff. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, shout out to uh, 
Mama Willis and the 1,000th listener. Uh, sorry, uh, Mr. Meyer. Sorry, Mr. Conover. Uh, you were close. You they, were they close. Were, they were very close, but they did not hit the mark. Yeah, they were 998 and 999. Officially. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, let's get into what has impressed and what has underwhelmed you. Uh, JD, take us away. Sure. Um, uh, so I have two young kids, uh, ages six and ages four, and then we're getting into the youth sports realm. And so I'd actually say uh, the youth sports that we're getting into, and very specifically, I'll say Granada Little League, has very much impressed me. Uh, I did not play baseball growing up. I was a big swimmer, uh, played some football uh, once I got to high school, but uh, never actually played baseball. And so to have my son get into that and just to have this whole realm and this whole whole world kind of opened up to me uh it's been really great to see and i've been very very impressed with the organization of granada little league and then also just his team and his coaches and we've had a, a, a such a positive experience um and so uh a big shout out to granada little league and, and the positivity that i think that they bring uh to our community and, and to the young to the young athletes that are out there every day yeah my daughter is uh in granada little league as well she just started t-ball and uh, just been nothing but impressed with the whole program. Uh, I was a Granada Little League kid, and I feel like it's gotten better. The fields look better. The Snack Shack is off the chain. Snack Shack is one of the highlights. In fact, I think that's the reason why we play the game, is to get those <laughs> tickets and to be able to go to that Snack Shack after the game to redeem our prize. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when when the team mom asked our team, hey, do you guys want to do like a snack rotation, or do you want to give the kids tickets uh, to the Snack Shack? It was a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. And I don't think any of the parents even... Ask for anything different. It was like, no, that is the whole reason you play. Uh -huh. You play, you get your tickets, you go to the shack, and you get whatever you can get with those tickets. <laughs> uh, which brings me to the most impressive thing for me, which is the Granada Little League Snack Shack soft pretzel. They have a soft pretzel? They have a soft pretzel. It's a pretty substantial size. And my wife is a huge soft pretzel fan, oh. and she got it the other day and brought it over, and I mowed down on a, a good majority <laughs> of it. So the Granada Little League soft pretzel, you guys are really just doing it. I also know that um, a local Instagram influencer, oh. Tragey Tregs, shout out to Tragey Tregs, who is also a Granada High School alumni. Oh, yeah. An alumnus. Uh, actually, Mr. Mantak's son. Garrett Mantak, uh -huh. he uh, he is a big uh, Traeger Grills uh, barbecue influencer on Instagram, and they have a a, a tri-tip sandwich that he taught the Granada Little League uh, Snack Shack how to do. Fantastic. And it's phenomenal. So, oh. you know what? Just good job, Granada Little League. Yeah. Good and I job. know we have a ton of students that actually work at the Snack Shack, too, or the Snack. Yeah. And so it's always great when we able to go by and our, our son and daughter's coming up and, and buying some uh, buying some food and we get to see some students in there. So shout out to the students that are working in into the Snack Shack as well. Yeah. I was there yesterday getting um, a couple things for my daughter with her tickets. Mm -hmm. And one of my students was like, hey, Mr. Marine. So... Good times, yeah. good times. Um, well, that's a lot of good, impressive stuff. But we gotta, we gotta talk about what's underwhelmed us this week. So, Mister mm -hmm. Villa, what do you got? What uh, do you yeah, got? I'm jumping on your train. I'm going to be go with a theme this week. So, okay. as much as we are getting into the youth sports, and it has impressed me, uh, some of the things that have underwhelmed me is uh, definitely some of the. Uh, Maybe some of the adult participation in youth sports, and uh, I'm only starting to see this. I can, um, we are just dipped our baby toe into the youth sports realm as a, as a family here, but I can already see as we start to kind of move up through the ranks and through the different levels, there's some parents out there that I would say they don't impress me a lot about their attitudes, their approach, uh, and, and their vocalness at the game. So I would say if you're going to be out there, 
be supportive, be positive, yeah. cheer on your team, and let's just leave it at that. You know, we don't need to be doing anything else here. So some of the so, yeah. some of the uh, extracurricular activities at some of these youth sports games are very underwhelming. Very underwhelming. You, you know, I tell my students this all the time. Um, not all adults, but a lot of adults are the worst. <laughs> not all. Yeah. There are a lot of adults out there that I, I very much enjoy, but there's a lot that I really don't. Um, so, you know, if you're watching a game that your kid's involved in, just be positive. Yeah. I, li- I like that. Yeah, be positive. <laughs> don't don't be lame. No, no, no. We don't, don't need to do that. Uh, what is Underwhelm Me? Uh, I'm actually not going to talk about Granada Little League, uh, anything that's Underwhelm Me. I'm going with something that has happened the last two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And my wife is uh, about had it. And I, you know what? I'm calling you out, student body. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Are you ready? There have been multiple times in the last two weeks where some of the students who park behind Granada High School in front of my house are completely blocking my driveway. Oh, no. To the point where we have to either park across the street. Or slash some tires. Or really have to squeeze. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't slashed any tires yet. Really have to squeeze the car in to get it into the driveway. So um, that is just really underwhelming. If you are not within, um, you know, the confines of where you can park on the side of the road, don't stick halfway out into my driveway or anybody's driveway for that matter. Um, Really underwhelming. Do better. Uh, there There was a Dodge Challenger. The other day, and I don't know what the other the other car was, but my wife leaves some some um, notes oh. on their their uh, you know front windshield. Uh-huh. So and, she, and she's fairly f- like fairly fluent with the English language, and what yeah. I mean by that is that was probably a very well written note. <laughs> she can get a little fiery, so um, <laughs> you know, underwhelming. Uh, park where you can park where you can fit. Don't don't force it. Absolutely. Now I know. As you bring up that topic, I know that both you and I are, in the grand scheme of things, are still relatively young. We're under the age of 40, but um, I am also the type of person to where, uh, when I'm in my house and I'm in a good portion of it, I can still see kind of out a front window and I can see the front yard. Um, I am definitely the type of person where if you park in front of my house, I will eyeball you (laughs) and look at you and make sure... That if you're doing something, you know that I am watching you. I'm also that person. I'm going to wave at you, and so you're going to know that I know that you're parking there. And so, Ooh. oh yeah, I very very much feel like that old man yeah. uh, on the porch, like get off my lawn, kid. So, oh, if somebody parked in, in front of my driveway or just even the smidge over there, oh, that would drive me nuts. Well, uh, living at the back of school, I've had to get over that. Mm-hmm. The you know you're parking in front of my house bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've fully gotten over that. Like, I'm fine with you parking in front of my house as long as you're parking on the curb where, where you're supposed to. Do not start infringing on my driveway. That's That, that ain't good. That ain't good. And mm-hmm. if I see you, I'll call you out. Uh-huh. Yeah, All I'll right. call you out. So there you go. And, and my, my wife's coming for you, too. Oh, yeah, and I don't want to uh. see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Impressed and underwhelmed. There it is. There it is. Um, so we are going to move into, like I said, different format this week. Different mm-hmm. format this week. So, uh, J.D., why don't you uh, take us off with what we have next? Sure. Yeah, so uh, I figure it's only appropriate that we have been doing a great job for these last 13 episodes of trying to get to know our guests, that uh, it's only fair that the HGs get an opportunity to know who we are just a little bit. And I think yeah. it, I think a celebration of the thousandth listener should also be a celebration of uh, of us as a team and kind of what this podcast is. And so uh, I think we got we to gotta dive in just a little bit as to, as to who we are. So, uh, Aaron. 
tell us about your journey here to the city of Livermore. How'd your family get here? Uh, what's that like? Uh, where have you been? Yeah, um, I was actually born in San Jose, Good Samaritan Hospital. Oh. Um, both of my uh, parents uh, worked in Silicon Valley. They met in San Jose. Uh, my mom and dad actually met at um, a a uh, food chain that's not around anymore called Mr. Steak. Mr. Steak? Mr. Steak. It was like kind of like a, a an easy, more low-key place to get a quick steak. Okay. Yeah? Not, not like a full nice ste- like steakhouse, but is it, hey, I want to get a little steak. Um, I don't want to pay, you know, a ridiculous amount. So I can imagine Mr. they had steak. like the, the number one, which is like the Mr. Steak or something on the menu. Something like that. <laughs> something like that. Um, so my mom was the manager of a Mr. Steak, and, and my dad worked at Mr. Steak, and that's where they met. My mom actually uh, was born and raised in Kentucky, and she came out here when she was 18 years old. Um, to just see what California had to offer her. And um, so, yeah, they met there. And like I said, um, was born in San Jose, lived in San Jose, Milpitas area um, for the first probably two or three years. And then we moved to Livermore, uh, got a house on Roselli Drive right off of um, Catalina there by, oh, yeah. uh, by the Lucky there. And um, then... After that, I was a, a Livermore guy. Um, I actually did not go to a Livermore school until I hit middle school. All right. Uh, I actually went to a private free uh, private Christian college uh, college school called Fremont Christian, um, right off a of mission there, um, and I went there from kindergarten to fifth grade. And then uh, my my mom kind of realized like, wow. Um, my son lives in this in this city, and there's all these kids that are in the neighborhood, and he doesn't really know any of them. Um, so she said, "You know what? We we gotta get you into the Livermore school system." So went to Mendenhall uh, as a sixth grader, knew pretty much no one, and uh, found a good group of friends that are still my friends now, uh, including Mr. Moore, David Moore, our athletic director, and about six or seven other guys that uh, we're still good friends now. We all live in the area. Um, so it was a good call by my mom to to take me out of the the Fremont uh, private school scene and, and bring me to to Livermore. So yeah, went to Mendenhall and then uh, went to Granada and uh, had a blast. And that's that's my journey. Oh wow, that's my journey. Well, let's uh, we can't go without mentioning after Granada. What did you do after Granada? Uh, went to the greatest college in the world, um, also called the Harvard of the West, uh, Chico State. Yeah, Google that. You can find Go that. Wildcats. <laughs> Sharpen your claws, baby. Ooh, and, and a lot of people who hear me do that Wildcat roar, they're like, wow, that's really good. I'm like, well, I went to Chico. Like, you, you, <laughs> you get that when you go there. Um, and people who know that know that. Mm-hmm. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, yeah, so went to Chico State. Um, was a, a journalist, was a journalism major, uh, did a lot of sports writing, um, loved it, but just didn't think that that was really my career. Um, so I added on the teaching credential. Uh, I actually graduated uh, way faster than I thought. Um, I thought it'd take me five years to graduate college. And um, I went in to meet with my uh, advisor after my junior year, and, and she was like, yeah, you're, you're actually uh, kind of on track to maybe graduate early. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and and I gradu I mean I was young for my for my grade so um, I graduated high school at seventeen so I was like twenty years old um, and and this advisor is telling me hey you're about to be ready to wrap this up <laughs> um, so I called my parents and I was like hey I think we're gonna extend this a little bit more so got my teaching credential uh, English teacher and uh, that's where I really was like okay this is what I want to do 
And then, um, funny story how I got here. I uh, moved back uh, right after my teaching credential. This is summer of 2010. And uh, I was, you know, just trying to look for some sub jobs. There wasn't a lot of teaching opportunities. Um, if you remember, like from 09 to like 11, like it was, t- t- it was tough to, it was a little to dicey get a job. There, yeah. Tough to get a job in the teaching um, field. There was a lot of furlough days going on and things like that. So it was really hard to even find any work. So I was just trying to find places to sub. Um, and I ran into Mr. Hart, who was my English teacher, and you guys all know him as the principal here now. Um, I ran into him at the Ale House, and uh, I said, hey, I'm back in town. Um, I can sub for you if, if you ever need it. Um, and he said right on the, on the spot, he was like, actually, I need somebody for Friday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could do that. Um, so he said, yeah, I'll, I'll set that up. And then the night before... Um, I was going to sub for Friday. He, he, uh, emailed me and he said, Oh, by the way, um, one of the VPs is going to watch you teach cause there's a possible job opening. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, that was fast. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, I, I subbed that day. Um, vice principal Calhoun, oh, uh, if you okay. remember Calhoun came in, uh, watched me for about 30, 45 minutes and then, uh, finished the rest of my subbing day at the end of the day. Uh, the principal at the time, uh, Miss Rambo, and then your mom, mm-hmm. uh, Pat Villa, uh, brought me in, and they said, uh, "Would you like to start Monday?" And I didn't realize it was that it was. fast. Yeah. Oh man, that was it. And then I was <laughs> teaching here ever since. It was real easy. <laughs> real easy. Oh man, so, yeah. That's a heck of a journey right there. I like that. I know it's it was it was just right place, right time. I mm-hmm. think you well, know. So wow. Uh, so Mr. Villa, let's flip it back around. Right. Let's flip, flip it back around. How did your family get here? What's your journey? How did you end up where you're at now? Uh, sure. Well, uh, my, uh, my parents moved here, uh, right when I was just about to turn five years old. So I'm four when we officially moved here. Um, we were living in Fremont at the time and, uh, my dad, uh, was a teacher and a football coach and he happened to actually become the head football coach at Livermore high school. And I believe it was the 87 88 school year so the 87 football season and so during that season we're still living in Fremont and he's coaching and commuting and uh kind of through that commute which again it's not terrible but I mean it going over the hill it's it's just a grind to be able to go back and forth and so uh we needed to they knew that they needed to kind of get into Livermore and so end up moving in Livermore my parents ended up moving off of Portola on a street called Waverly and uh, uh they're still there to this day they're they're at the same house and so they've been there over 30 years um so but we end up moving here um I so I'm four years old, about to turn five. And so that next uh, next year, I end up starting a school at Portola Elementary, which is right down the road, yeah. which is now Lawrence Elementary. So uh, I'm a wildcat, starting and finishing. <laughs> after that, I go to Junction Avenue Middle School, which now it's a K-8. Go dogs! Yeah, shout out the Bulldogs right there. Uh, and then after that, I end up uh, leaving from Junction to go to Livermore High School. And so I uh, go through Livermore High School. And uh, from a long time, I knew I wanted to be in education, knew I wanted to be a teacher. And so mm-hmm. I remember kind of right around that time, I was like, you know what? Uh, gonna, uh, I'm going to do this. I want to be a teacher. And I actually thought I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. And so I went to school to be elementary school. Um, went there, actually did some time in the classroom and kind of figured out, you know what? This, uh, this really isn't a uh, little kid. I love little kids. But I was like, I think I wanted to be around older kids. And I also mm-hmm wanted to coach too. And so I was like, I'll, I'll put the elementary piece aside. I end up meeting with my advisor. He says, well, well, if you're not going to be an elementary school teacher, what are you going to teach? And I was like, I like math. 
what if I became a math teacher? And he's like, okay. And so changed my uh, changed my degree from uh, liberal studies to uh, to mathematics. And okay, so you did change your degree. You were yeah, liberal studies, and you were, were going to do like that four year track. Yeah, both. Okay. Yeah, they had a, the program there to where yeah. you could have gotten your degree and your credential in four years, and then right. jumped right into the classroom. And so, uh, uh, so transition to that, go through, get my degree, and start my credential. Well, because I ended up transitioning after my very first semester at college, I was technically like one semester behind. Okay. So I finish up um, my degree and then start my credential, and I'm actually the semester behind. So um, I still can go out and I can still get some jobs. And so it was that summer I come home, I'm living with my parents, and uh, uh, my goal in life at that time was I wanted to teach at Livermore High School. Both of my parents had taught at Livermore High School, and we're kind of still uh, we're kind of going through that as I was uh, still in school. Uh, they were both coaches there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Livermore High School, green and gold, was through and through. And so I end up going. I end up applying. I end up interviewing. And uh, it, it turns out that uh, I wasn't able to get the job there. And the the story and the reason that I heard their loss. Their loss. I agree. The story that I heard though was my dad at the time was actually interviewing to be the Livermore High School principal Uh, the exact same year. And so at least the story that I heard is they didn't want to have a brand new teacher and a brand new principal at the same site at the same time. Some nepotism issues. That's what they feared, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, we can talk about that later. But (laughs) um, so, uh, yeah, they said, no, we we can't offer you a job here. And so I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Well, luckily at the time. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. (laughs) So luckily at the time, uh, the principal here at Granada High School, uh, Chris Van Schack, uh, he ends up giving me a call and says, hey, why don't you come in and why don't you interview? And I said, okay. So I come in, I interview with him, and he offers me a job here. And so it was definitely one of those things I think, you know, retrospect, I look back on, and I'm like, that's probably one of the best things that's happened to me. Sure. But at the time, I'm just thinking about, oh, man, why can't I be at Livermore? This is my dream. This is what I wanted. And it didn't end up happening. So, um, But uh, at the time, uh, I remember my very first semester that I was still actually having to travel back and forth from Chico uh, oh, to finish really? up my credential courses. Yeah, yeah, I remember doing all that. But end up going in there, end up getting my so end up getting hired at Liver, or excuse me at Granada, um, and I'm still in the same room today after 15 wow. years, and so I haven't left. But that's awesome. Uh, yeah, no. So it's been a beautiful journey. Um, I, I think I'm with you in the sense that uh, I went away to school knowing that I wanted to come back. Like I said, I wanted yeah. to come to Livermore High School. That was my initial thought. But to be able to come back to the city of Livermore, that was the big one. That to that be was able the to goal. Be, yeah, yeah, that was the desire to be here. So just. A follow up on the driving back and forth like you would have to like after school you would drive to chico so i had a friday like night yeah i had a friday night saturday morning class for okay my, for that first very first semester here teaching in my final semester to finalize my credential and so i remember i had to have somebody cover my class friday afternoons and i would boogie out fifth period and, and jam and jam and i would drive up to chico and i'd make my night class just a little bit late but I remember I'd sit through that night class. I had a friend that still lived up there. I remember I stayed at his house, and our schedules were so off that I did that for an entire semester, but I never saw him. Oh, wow. But I always had a room in his house. So what a guy. Was, yeah, it was awesome. So so I did that, but then I would, I would wake up the next morning, do my Saturday morning class, and then I'd leave and I'd come back home. So Crazy. Yeah. It was busy. And you did that for an enti- like every week for an entire semester. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. That's it was a lot. a lot, but it was worth it. And, totally. Uh, yeah, and I'm here now, and uh, yeah. Couldn't be with it. Couldn't be better. Couldn't so, be better. Uh, can can you give me? I mean, we both went cheek. Can you give me a wildcat roar? Ooh, I like that one. A little one. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Um, <laughs> My voice isn't fully. <laughs> so there you go, listeners. Mm-hmm. HGs. There's a little bit about us. How we got to where we are. 
what's next? Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, this is a celebration episode. And I think with the celebration that we have, I think we can kind of maybe recap or maybe share a couple of stories from uh, from what has previously happened or uh, 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 excuse me, guests that we have had on. And so um, I, I would like to open up and see uh, if you maybe had either like a funny moment, uh, a great story that was told, or maybe like a great piece of advice that you've heard from some or from one of our guests. So, okay. So what would you say? A funny moment, a great story, a great journey, or a great piece of advice? So I have two funny moments, and I'm going to do one from episode one and then one from the, the last episode, okay. uh, episode 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still get asked about this to this day, JD, but the very first... The very first impressed and underwhelmed. You said you said you were impressed with the Mac salad. Oh yes. From three weeks ago that you were still eating. <laughs> and I remember Clark Clark Conover was like, that's that's still good. And you were like, I don't know, it's but it's delicious. And people still ask me to this day, like, hey, your buddy JD, like, is he okay? Like the Mac salad is like three weeks old. It's like mayonnaise base. I don't know if that's any good anymore. And um, so that that was a, a funny thing right off the get go. First episode that was a big talking point, but for a lot of people, still to this day, people who like jump onto the podcast later and are like, "Oh, I just started." And they're like, "What's up with the Mac salad thing?" <laughs> so um, that that is really funny. Uh, the other thing that sticks out to me, and this just happened last week during our twenty questions. Uh, round with uh, Mr. Hart, we asked him pet peeve, and he went on a rant story about waiting in line at the donut wheel oh, yeah. and, and for like 20 minutes, and the person in front then gets up there and still doesn't know what they want to order. <laughs> and, and he lost his mind. He played out the entire story um, and, and how he would react to it and how he does react to it. Um, and I just thought that that was hilarious. Um, it was, it was quite the pet peeve answer. I think it was the best answer we've gotten. For oh pet yeah. Peeve. Uh, um, so, agree. so that really made me laugh. Um, h- how about you? Any, any funny moments there? <laughs> yeah. Just following up on the, uh, on the Mac salad piece. Um, so <laughs> oh, I, uh, yeah, you're going to have to answer, <laughs> answer for this. Yeah. No, but just, uh, for this, uh, like impress and underwhelm segment that we do, I remember that we had, like, we had kind of planned out like, oh, here's kind of our general outline for it. And I remember coming in to record the first episode and like i said my, my expectations for this were not anything high and so i was like all right i'm just gonna come in here and we're gonna talk on the microphone and so you start talking about that segment and i go oh no i haven't i haven't thought about anything yet what am i gonna say and the very first thing that popped in my head was, was like well i've been eating this mac salad here for about three weeks so i was like i gotta open up with this so again shout out to my uncle dave who makes <laughs> the greatest potato back salad ever. So, and next time we have a family event, I'll be sure to bring some by. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Dave, the guy. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, yeah, what, what else you got? Yeah, um, I'd still say one of the funniest moments for me, and I still constantly think about it, we still constantly talk about it, um, the Brad Morsoli episode, <laughs> when he shares with us his morning routine. I still am amazed and, and just, I'm impressed. And if you know Brad at all, it makes a lot of sense. It fits his whole persona. It does. It does so much so. And I think that's what I do is, is I look at that situation and I'm like, this man wakes up at about 4, 4.30 in the morning. Complete sense. Yep. Has a, sense. Has a pot of coffee in the morning. A not, not a cup. Not a cup. Not two. A pot. A pot. <laughs> Again, a little aggressive in my opinion, but 
Makes a lot of sense. Fits. And then red meat in the morning as to whatever he's had. Blew me away. Wasn't expecting that. Just but, a hunk of red meat. But it <laughs> it fits Brad. It fits Brad so well. And, and he it, said it so matter of fact. It, it was, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. I wake up 4.30. I have a pot of coffee and a chunk of red meat. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never heard that before in my life. Oh, so I think the fact that this has stuck with us as long as it has, and it's still a memory that we will talk about. <laughs> Godly, that was, that was just hilarious. I love that one. Um, I'd say a second one was when we had an opportunity to interview uh, Curtis Lilly and him <laughs> sharing his near-death experiences. Insane. I had only heard about one of them. And I had no idea that the others existed. And so to know that this man, as to who he is and how he has survived these pieces, and just the fact that it was just, yeah, no, I almost died, like, yeah. several times. Hey, like, and he said that's why he became a pastor. Yeah. He's like, well, <laughs> I don't think I can, I can, you know, cheat death this many times without a reason. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I've heard of the, the motorcycle one. I think most people have the motorcycle near-death experience. Mm-hmm. But when he talked about impaling himself... On, on like a, a, a spike at the top of like a, a, a fence or a gate, uh, that blew me away. Yeah, and not only did he impale himself, <laughs> but the fact he impaled himself in the perfect spot yeah, to didn't not punch kill him. lung or anything, <laughs> just right between the ribs, totally fine. And the doctors told him that's literally the <laughs> only place you could have impaled yourself and, and walked away okay. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> oh, a couple of great moments. Curtis Lilly. Oh, man. By uh, the way, to go back to Brad... Mm-hmm. Um, after we talked to him, he he started uh, working on my house, uh, fixing some things uh, in my kitchen. Okay. And every time he uh, gives me a text to to tell me what's going on, it's usually around four four thirty. Makes sense. And every time when I wake up, which is not at four thirty, I'll wake up at like six o'clock. I'll see his text and I'll answer, and then I'll also say, "What what did you have? What was your red meat?" <laughs> and he'll always text me back just a one word answer, like ribeye, or <laughs> or ribs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad Morsoli, we love you. Oh, You're we the do. Best. You're oh. the best. Well, let, let me ask one more thing here. Uh, maybe a, either a great journey that you heard, a great story, or maybe a great piece of advice. Because oh. uh, we've had some phenomenal stories, some uh, some phenomenal pieces that people have spoke about. Anything that stood out to you? Gosh, uh, there's been... I feel like the advice section we've gotten has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mis- what Mr. Hart said last week, uh, finding relevance uh, in your education was great. Um, I also really liked, uh, what Van Schack had to say. Um, and he talked about, you know, uh, just the fact of like not taking yourself so seriously and understanding that like this probably isn't the best years of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's really good words because I think a lot of, uh, just society in general, uh, adults, parents, everybody, uh, I think a lot of them tell high school students like, oh, this is the time of your life. Enjoy it. Like soak it in as much as you can. Like you're never going to have, um, you know, another four year span like this, because I think a lot of adults look back at that time and, and see it an easier time for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because there was less responsibility or whatever that might be. Um, but I really like what he had to say about, you know, just knowing that there, there is more to life than just the four years of high school. 
Um, so, so that would be the one that kind of stood out to me the most. What about you? Um, I would say for in terms of a journey, uh, I know we had a, a several guests, and I think a couple of them pop into my head um, uh, when we had Garcia on, uh, when we had uh, Gomes on, and even when we had Hart. Um, I think a lot of people have this belief that where people currently are, either in their jobs, careers, or their life, that there was a straight line path from where they were either at high school to mm-hmm. that. Um, if you have a chance to go back and listen to all three of those individuals' journeys, it's incredible the 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 turns and the ups and the downs and the, the trials and tribulations that they had to go through. And then you look at them where they are and you think like, oh man, like everything must have just been lined up for them. Everything has gone so well. Um, and so just to hear their journeys, I think that's one of the things I've been so impressed by with these guests. And one of the things that I take, uh, take into account so much is what they had to go through to get to the place that they are at and yeah. how the the hard work and the dedication uh how much that had to come into play to be able to get them to that spot um uh, that that has really stood out to me uh in terms of a, a great piece of advice there was really two that that stood out to me um one i will say was from uh, our episode with brandon cardwell where yeah. he talked about that uh uh, you, uh, life has a way of providing you these these doors to go through. And he talked about how they're actually two-way doors, meaning you can go through them and you can experience something, you could try something out, and you know what? It's okay that if turn that doesn't work, you can turn around and walk away. Yeah, we'll walk yeah. back through. And that's okay. I, I love that piece of advice. I would say the one that has probably uh, really impacted me the most, and I think it's the most simple, but it, it makes the most sense. When we had Rick Watt on, and he <laughs> talked about um, one of his goals that he would write for uh, like being a teacher was it was number one, it was to have fun. Yeah. And I think that's one thing. You talk about Chris Van Shack is like not taking yourself so seriously. Um, I think just having fun and trying yeah. to make sure that you have fun in, in your life, in your job, in whatever it may be. And I think if you can have a focus on trying to enjoy that and to have some fun, I think other things have a tendency of working out a lot better too. So um, I love yeah, it. We got two way doors and we got to have fun at the same time. I, I never got to tell you about the two journeys. I, I've just jumped right to advice. So the two journeys I have that really stood out to me. Number one, I mean, got to be Amy Wingen oh, man. Um, yeah. and, and turning such a tragedy with what happened with, with Waylon, their daughter, into such an amazing like story with their bakery and, I mean, how they're crushing it in the, in the community. And I thought that that was just an amazing journey. Uh, like I said, taking something so, so terrible and awful and negative and, and really turning it into a positive and how they have the Waylon room uh, that's connected to the bakery where, where you can sit and eat and just kind of remembering their daughter through everything that they do is, is a, is a really cool story, really cool journey that I heard. And then also the other one is uh, Kitty Johnson's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know Katie Johnson, either as a student or as a teacher, like she is the most upbeat, positive person. But when she talked to us about her struggles with, you know, depression, anxiety, things like that, I think it was really, uh, you know, interesting to, to hear that and to know that like some people that you think are, just have it all together, like that they're dealing with struggles too. They're dealing with issues. Um, and I think that that was just a cool story. And, and I appreciate her opening up about that. I know that she uh, said she's made it a mission or a goal to really bring a lot of uh, spotlight to that. Um, and, and that's one of the things that she prides herself with her teaching is, is being aware with, with mental you know, health and struggles and stuff like that. So those would be my two journeys that I really enjoyed. Uh, I, just looking back, I know we've had 13 guests on. 
but the, the amount of things that we're getting from this, it, it just it, it makes me, uh, I don't know, I just, I just feel really good about it, being able to share these stories and be able to hear these stories and being able totally. to share them with other people, too. Yeah, so pretty amazing here. Um, well, I would like to kick it maybe out to, uh, to our listeners here, to our HGs. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, um, is there something you would like to know more about? Is there something that you have a message to share? Ooh. I, feel, uh, I know that we don't have maybe a ton of platforms. We are on, on Instagram. Um, you can find us. You could email any of us uh, as well. But uh, to any of the HGs out there, if you have recommendations, you have thoughts, things that you think could benefit the podcast, we are very much listeners and reflectors, and we want to make this show grow and help it. And I think some of our listeners could help support that too as well. Yeah, uh, you can always DM us or uh, on Instagram, GLBH Podcast. You can DM us. Uh, we'll... We'll obviously answer to any messages there. Um, yeah, anything that you want us to add to the show, um, things we, we should talk about, topics, uh, even uh, a guest that we don't know about. Uh, or, you know what? I'm going to throw this out here. If you want to uh, have us uh, rep something or, or throw out an ad for you, um, we don't need to charge you anything. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll just we'll just rep whatever you got going on. Absolutely. So uh, you can always DM us or email us. I'll give you my email right now. A- Marine, M-A-R-I-N-E, at lvjusd.org. You can always email me. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to get uh, some feedback from you all on where to go next because, I mean, we are going to finish up this season, but after the summer break, we're, we're going to come back strong season two and maybe add some more wrinkles and some, some new things. Yeah. yeah, I think we might have a couple special things for the, for the listeners for, for season two. So I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think uh, with, along with just getting to know us, we kind of shared just a tiny little bit about our journey. Uh, maybe it's only appropriate that we go through the gauntlet ourselves. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. We're doing it. You want to do? You want to have each of us go through the twenty questions quick fire round? I think we quick fire round ourselves here, and so uh, I know I, <laughs> I I start off the the, the uh, excuse me I start off the quick fire question. So uh, Aaron, I'm going to throw it to you here first, and then maybe you would come back to me with the question, then we'll go back and forth. But uh, Aaron, how many keys are on your keychain right now? I think seven. You think seven? I think seven. I tried to do it really fast. Do you want me to count now? I, I will count. Okay. I think I think seven. I have my car key. That's one, <laughs> uh, two. Three, four, five, six. I was off by one. Okay. Six. All right. And it, the, the price is are, right. You can't go over, but it's okay. These are my my like actual car keys and, and house like personal keys. I have um, a lanyard with other keys on it. I, I'm not even going to count. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I will count. I have <laughs> one, two, three, four. I have five. Okay. Five on the school, six on the personal. I have more personal keys than school keys. That's ridiculous. That does seem a little excessive. I'm sorry. Opinion. I'm sorry, people. I don't know why I said I'm sorry, but I'm sorry that I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Villa, back at you. How many keys on your keychain? I couldn't tell you the actual number, but I'm going to go with seven as well. Seven? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm pretty close. I might be in the, like the eight or nine realm because I do think I have a couple of keys on there that I, I have no idea why I still have them <laughs> on my keychain right now. But I know I use, I use three pretty regularly. And then yeah. that's about it. So yeah. <laughs> I have some other ones that I'm like, why do I still have this on my key ring? But I'd have to, I, my keys are in my bag further away. So I'll, I'll count it later. Uh, I think I need to go through my keys. Yeah. I think thirteen total is too much. Uh, I want to have. I want to have one. You're in janitorial status when you yeah. get beyond ten. So I want to have one. I want a skeleton key yeah. for everything. Oh, that would be amazing, right? Mm -hmm. I want a key to the city. You, you hear that? Who's the mayor right now? It's not uh, Marchand anymore, is it? No, um, God, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, he's actually stepping down, and uh, I think Mr. Marchand is going to rerun. So okay, well, yeah. if Marchand is back, I want a key to the city. I, I I haven't done anything to earn that, but I just want one. Oh, it's Bob Warner. 
Bob Warner. Bob Warner? Yeah. Okay. Well, Bob, if you are stepping down, I, I don't know what's going on. If On your way out, if you want to make one final gesture, <laughs> what do you think? Key to the city. Key to the city, maybe? That's yeah, a small request. <laughs> All right. Number two. That was ridiculous. Number two, JD, favorite bagel. So um, I, I think if you had asked me this question a couple of months ago, I probably would have said just an Asiago bagel with uh, some cream cheese if I'm at Noah's. Uh, they, have a jalap- uh, they have a jalapeno schmear. You have turned me on to the poppy seed bagel. Oh, and, no. and if you can go to Wing and Bakery and get their poppy seed bagel, and they have this special schmear that mm-hmm. is just to die for. The herb cream cheese. The yeah. herb cream cheese. It is incredible. You got it for me one morning, and I was like, oh, it's a poppy seed bagel. Oh, this is not just a poppy speed. Bagel. Oh, it's more. This is more. This is special. That bagel specifically right there, that is my favorite bagel. Yeah. Wow. Another shout out to Wing and Bakery. Yeah. And and you know what my answer is going to be. Yeah. It's it's poppy seed mm-hmm. with the herb cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, just a special, special bagel. <laughs> I've got something real special working right now. By, by the way, uh, Wing and Bakery, I... I DM them all the time, and I'm like, wow, that Pop-Tart was off the chain. Keep it up. I, I think I, I DM them once a week with something new I eat. And I bet you they appreciate the positive remarks. They always respond. Mm-hmm. They always go, thank you. We appreciate it. You're the best. <laughs> uh, question number three, something new in your life right now? Something new in my life. Okay. Mm. Let's go with the confession. Uh-oh. Something new in my life is a oh. confession. Uh, when I went to Disney Aulani in Hawaii, I, I came back with two Disney shirts. Wait, for yourself? Yes. You need to elaborate just a smidge more for me right now. You're saying you came back with not just one, but two. I bought, I bought two Disney shirts. Uh, they're actually uh, like water wicking shirts. Um, they're, they're not necessarily... Um, like uh, those rash guard wetsuits that are tight. Okay. They're a little bit looser. Okay. And they're long sleeve and they're UV protection. Okay. Um, but you can also like jump in the pool with them so you don't have to like, you know, fully lather up in, in sunscreen. Is it by any chance like a Mickey on the front too? Yes. Yes. So I got I got two. They are phenomenal, high quality, beautiful. I wouldn't uh, put anything past the Disney. Beautiful. Uh, I don't know what you would call them. Uh I think they called them jerseys, like water jerseys. Okay. Um, so kind of a dry fit material, but like a not skin tight. Oh, oh and, and they dry up like within minutes after getting out of the pool. You can be completely submerged and they'll dry up in like three to four minutes. That, that's good stuff. So something new in my life right now, I have Disney apparel that I wear and I like in my house right now. I, I wore it yesterday in the house. Don't know that I would have ever heard the day. It, the day. And you know what? I'm doing this because it's the celebration episode. You're welcome, HGs. And I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get grilled for this later because I'm not a Disney fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, something new in your life, JD. Um, I, I've been trying to think. Um, I, you know, I, I think uh, I've been playing the game uh, uh, Dominoes. Uh, okay. More. So I, I played it earlier on, but uh, I've really kind of kind of recharged the Dominoes game and been able to teach uh, teach my wife. And so we've been able to play. That's been kind of fun. And then being able to teach the kids too as well. So I, I think I think Dominoes. I'll throw chess out there. Uh, although that was kind of a pandemic piece, but I've been playing it a lot more. You're lately. just a game guy. I, I am. Game yeah, guy. I'm a gamer guy. Yeah, like not video games. Yeah. But give me give, give me the real games. Yeah, give me those real games. I'm into that. And so I would say yeah, those games. Those are new in my life right now. I like it, and I'm sure. You're you're beating everybody at dominoes and chess in, uh, your, in your house. 
Oh, uh, in the house. Yeah, just stomping on them. Yeah, actually, uh, 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 my wife, uh, she has beaten me in the last couple couple rounds. I, I've taught her too well. Yeah. So I'm a really good teacher. You got to put her in her place. Yeah. You got you to come back hard. Uh-huh. All <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's go number four. Favorite number and why, Mr. Eight, Villa? 89. 80, okay, you're going to have to explain that. Yeah, 89, it was, uh, it was my football number in high school. And uh, so, actually, my freshman year, I had no idea. I was like, what jersey number are you going to be? I was like, I don't know. I, I was tight end as my, as my off-end outside linebacker. And so, my coach says, here, you're 82. And I was like, okay, whatever. So, I didn't think too much about it. And then my sophomore year came around. 82 wasn't available. Uh-oh. And so, I was like, all right, I got to pick a new number. And so, 89. And I was like, oh, this kind of has a nice little, this nice little ring to it. And 89 from then on out um, uh, in my email, in my gamer tag, in a lot of different things. So you'll see 89 okay. around me a lot. So now I, I know. Yeah, my favorite number, 89. Yeah. Any uh, NFL players who've worn 89 that have been famous? Uh, I mean, uh, sure. uh, Shannon Sharp was. Okay, he yeah, was an 89. Sharp, yeah. um, he's the one that just pops in my head. I can't think of any uh, uh, any other 89s right now. But yeah. uh-huh. Okay, 89. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, number nine. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, niner. Uh, it was my number uh, in baseball all growing up. Okay. Um, and I just like the way nine looks. Uh, it's just, it, and I like that it's below 10. Yeah, uh, you know, single digits. Uh, yeah, single digit number. Let's go with nine. Nine's cool. Uh, I think I had a good, you know, life when I was nine years old. So nine. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. All right. Uh, question number five. Uh, Aaron, how do you start your day? You got a morning routine. I wake up at six fifteen. I uh, then lay in bed for another fifteen minutes, and I play like a Tetris game. Oh, beautiful. Just to just to get the mind going, I might throw in a wordle, and then uh, I get up, I uh, take a shower, get ready, and then um, usually uh, chase my daughter around and try to get her ready for school. Um, right now, lately, I've been eating uh, uh, like a toaster waffle with peanut butter on it. Um, but I usually like I always am looking forward to like what's the first thing I put in my mouth? Like what's what's my first what's my first meal? Um, so like after I get Harper dressed for school, then I usually will eat something. Um, for a long time, it was uh, Greek yogurt um, with granola mm-hmm. or Greek yogurt with those Belveda crackers, and I and I dump dunk them in and I dip them and I use the crackers as like a, a vessel. Shout out to the Belveda crackers; those they're are delicious. They're great, and they're they great. keep you regular. <sighs> and I need that. So many positives I need to those that. crackers. Uh, how about you? Morning routine? <laughs> yeah, uh, my alarm goes off at five thirty, and I'm kind of in the well, same boat. Me. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, to where I kind of usually lay around for your, for just a couple of minutes, but then I'm usually up. Um, uh, go out to the kitchen and then I usually make myself, uh, just a cup of coffee. We actually have an espresso pods. And so I kind of usually, usually get one of those going. And then, uh, I'm either prepping, uh, lunches for the kids, lunches for myself or the wife and, uh, maybe getting some breakfast prepped. And it's, it's still just kind of a wild card. Cause I have two kids as to who's coming down first. My son is, uh, historically, he's usually the, the first one down. And so when he comes down, I usually kind of help him make sure he's all ready for school. Um, and then as soon as, uh, my wife's all done. She's getting ready. And that's when I usually transition upstairs. I get ready myself. I'm, it's really quick for me to get ready. That's another thing <laughs> that I have. I, I'm so thankful that I'm a dude. Yeah. And with little to no hair on top of my head, because I can be ready for work in just, six minutes. just a shade under six or seven minutes if I really <laughs> need to. And yep. so I do feel thankful and I feel bad that for people that have to spend 
time to be able to get ready for work. And I'm not, I'm not judging anybody because I know everybody has their morning routine. Everybody, you know, needs to do them. But I'm so thankful it takes me a very short amount of time you, to get ready. <laughs> you brush your teeth in the shower? No, uh, no, don't okay. do it in the shower. No, because no. you can knock off another two minutes. Yeah, and I think if I was maybe in that position where it took me like over a half hour to get ready, <laughs> I might think about that. Yeah. But the fact that like I can step out of the shower and I just go. <sighs> And like, you know, throw some <laughs> hot air on top of my head and it's like, oh, it's instantly dry. I'm ready to go. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a pretty nice benefit to be able to have that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, number six, what is a fear of yours? Ooh, a fear of mine. Um, I think I've always had a fear of failure. I think that's been the biggest one that's for me. That's been one that's come up a few times. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, for me, it's been, I don't want to say debilitating, but I think it's affected me in the past to where it's like, I will do everything in my power to make sure like I don't fail. Mm. And I think it kind of can affect me in negative ways. I think there's some positivity to it because it lights a fire under my rear, you know, and getting me to do things. But yeah, that, it can be, uh, it can be a tough one kind of hanging over your head. So yeah. um, I would say, uh, yeah, fear of failure has always been the big one for me. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. What about you? Any fears, Mr. Uh, heights, heights. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, um, we went to, I keep coming back to Hawaii. We went to Hawaii and my wife, uh, I guess deliberately, she didn't, I guess, know too much about this. I thought she knew cause I don't like flying and I don't like being on the edge of cliffs or anything, but she wanted to get a really good view of the ocean. So she asked for, um, like a, a room at a, at a high level and they gave us a room at the very, very top level of the entire hotel. Oh, and I couldn't go out into the balcony. I like I clammed up. I couldn't do it. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, I and when people are on the edge of things, I like get freaked out. I'm like back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I, even when I watch like movies and they're on the edge of something, I'm like oh. So cliffhanger's not a good movie for you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> great movie, Stallone. Wow. Yeah. But Slide. but those scenes, those scenes, like I feel my body like tense up. So. Heights, big time. And, and the flight was actually the uh, that was the easiest part. It was the 16th floor with the with the balcony that really took me down. Yeah, uh-huh. so, I don't know. All right, I'll keep you away from some, some edges <laughs> of some hills here for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, number seven. Uh, do you have any nicknames, or did you have any growing up? Uh, so in high school, all my friends called me Air Biz. Air Biz. Yeah, Air Biz. I, I actually. Don't even know how it came up. <laughs> I, I mean, air for Aaron. I, I think it was short because we played pickup basketball every now and then, and I was terrible. And I think I, I think that's what it was. I, I like went up for a layup and I airballed the layup, and I think biz was like a, a variation of of ball. So uh, yeah, air biz. Um, and then a lot of people call me Marine. Um, my my wife and a lot of her friends call me Schmarin. Uh, I think your wife calls me that too, and, and your kids too, right? Yeah, my wife has really indoctrinated Uncle Schmarin, Schmary. Yeah, uh. Schmary, Schmarin. Um, yeah, so that that all came from my wife. That whole Schmarin thing. So, how about you? Um, yeah, I've had several different nicknames. Um, so, uh, growing up, so my first name is Julian, but growing up, uh, my parents always called me JD, and so my middle name is Daryl, so the J and the D. Um, but uh, as I kind of got a little bit older uh, in the middle school. Um, one of uh, my best friend, his older brother, he started taking the J and the D and like smashing it together and would call me Jud. So Jud. Well, the Jud eventually morphed into Jed, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Jed, you know, Jed, J. So, but then Jed would eventually, and I had a series of friends. If, uh, if you were in my group of friends and we were in high school, there's a very real chance you had a nickname and very real chance that you had a series of nicknames that <laughs> led to your current nickname. Got so it. it was Jud. 
to Jed to Jedediah to just Dediah. So I had several versions of that, and I would feel very comfortable answering and responding to any one of those. Um, In fact, my email address, my personal one, is Jedediah. 89. 89. So there, there it, it is. is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I had that. Uh, when I got to college, um, I, I took on the name, again, had several nicknames. Uh, I played rugby. And mm-hmm. uh, again, both you and I uh, are representative of the Large Legs Club. And so if you've ever <laughs> seen the sport of rugby, they wear some very small shorts. Yeah. And so my legs were very pronounced. And so much so that I had some people started me calling me Quadzilla. So Ooh, I had Quadzilla. I had Quadzilla for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> and also just the the Hawaiian background, and you mentioned the uh, the Mac salad uh, plate lunch. That was another nickname. That oh, I took. you you had the nickname plate lunch. I had That's the nickname plate nickname. lunch. Yeah. So in rugby, uh, this was actually some from other uh, from other buddies in college. Okay. And so yeah. <laughs> so uh, nicknames very common in my group of friends. Like I said, you had a long story and a long history to be able to get your nickname. So any one of those, yeah, that was. Yeah, <laughs> that was the best nickname answer we've ever had. Uh, all right, here you go. Number eight, on a scale of one to ten, how good are you at keeping secrets? Uh, I'm a ten. Um, yeah. It, I'll, let me say this. Now I am a ten. Uh, so there is a very famous story of myself to where um, this is when I was younger. Gosh, I probably was like five years old maybe at the time. And my dad is trying to buy Christmas presents for my mom. And so he takes us, <laughs> takes the kids. And so we're going to go buy Christmas presents. And so we get my mom a, a pair of running shoes. And my dad sets us down, like preps us. He's like, all right, guys, we're getting the shoes for mom. We can't tell mom. Okay, this is a surprise. It's for Christmas. Like, we can't tell her. Like, yeah. Poosh, no problem locking in. And so... I don't remember actually doing this, but the story it goes is that I walk into the house after we come back uh, from the store, and uh, my mom goes, so what'd you guys get me? And I was like, mm-mm, not going to tell you, mom, not going to tell you. <laughs> At that time, I had also really loved video games. I still like video games, but loved video games, particularly like the arcade games where you needed quarters yeah, to yeah. be able to go play. Good times. My mom, not even skipping a beat. I'll give you a quarter. We got to choose. Wow. <laughs> hold it like a 10. Over a quarter. Over a quarter. That's like one Street Fighter game. And that's what got you. It got me. It got me. It was a quarter. I knew exactly what I wanted, and I was willing to give it up. So uh, You got to learn how to bargain. Oh, younger me, not a chance. I was definitely a one. Now, yeah, I, I'm a log. You tell me something in confidence, it's staying there. No, and nobody will hear from it. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, throwing it back to you. Uh, scale one to 10. Seven. Seven. I'm a seven. Yeah. Uh, uh, if it's my wife or, or a close friend, I can't. I just have to let it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I won't just blabber to anybody. Um, it, it, I mean, if it's if it's a, a real, like, sensitive secret, then mm-hmm. obviously I'll, I'll keep that locked up. Um, but, yeah, I'm a seven. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I'm being honest, okay? I'm being honest that I'm a seven. I think some of the people who say they're ten, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm calling them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> All righty. Uh, number nine, any pet peeves? Oh, man. You know, I really don't like bad drivers. Mm. Yeah, that's a real pet peeve of mine. And I, I've been known to get a little testy behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have like road rage issues or anything like that. But, yeah. but just bad drivers, uh, drivers that don't pay attention. Um, drivers, uh, what really gets me is, is when... They are uh, either, you know, swerving in and out of the lane or they're going way too slow. And then you see that they're on their phone. 
Like literally, uh, like holding their phone up or like doing their makeup, like that just really gets me for some reason. It's like pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like there are people in cars that, like, if you hit them or you, you know, like people can get hurt. Yeah. So I, I get upset with bad drivers, uh, especially distracted ones. So oh, let's go with that. Distracted, distracted drivers. drivers. I agree, and it's so prevalent nowadays too. And you can get distracted by so many things. But those cell phones, I agree. I think those are the main culprits. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. seeing somebody again. Especially, like, if you're driving poorly and you're on your phone, oh. Well, yeah, it really gets me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it takes me a while to come down off of that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, no, no road rage. I'm not, like, freaking out. But yeah. I just get upset. My wife's like, it's okay. And I'm like, no, like, that person needs to know mm-hmm. that they're not doing good. Yeah. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not somebody who's, like, going to pull somebody over or anything like that. I just, <laughs> I just give them a mean look. Oh, yeah. And my wife has now uh, done uh, the thumbs down. Yes. And that really, that really hurts. That's a, a, yeah. Listeners, if you have a, I, I highly recommend this. Somebody <laughs> told me to do this, and I thought it was the greatest thing. If somebody does something, like, bad in a car, it's very common to give them the bird. Right? Yeah. Uh, he says he doesn't flip him the bird anymore. He just gives him a big thumbs down. A thumbs down. Oh, and I think that's actually worse. Hurts th- the soul. It does. I just look at him with just sheer disappointment and just, you get a boo. You get the thumbs down. So I th- upset my wife the other week and she gave me a thumbs down. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, how about you, pet peeve? Um, uh, pet peeve. Oh, I, what was I going to say? I had it. Oh, oh you man. lost it. I did. I was about to say, what was I about to say? I had my pet peeve. Uh, I just got distracted by the thumbs down here. Distracted drivers. Uh, distracted drivers. Oh, man, I might have to come back to this. What the heck? You lost it. Oh. See, this... you know what? It's it's not that easy to do this, huh? It's not. No. Yeah. Oh, this is bugging me now, the fact that I can't remember this. Oh, because I was just, it was, it was right in my head. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to. We'll come back. Yeah, we'll come back to and, it. And you can shout it out whenever. You <laughs> can get blurred. <laughs> uh, number 10, best or worst haircut? So I've always had really short hair. Um, I mean, I've grown. I really haven't grown it out. I've had maybe a little bit longer to where I can maybe throw like some gel in and kind of spike it up. I think the worst haircut I think I did ever have was like my sophomore, junior in college when I was like, you know what? I think I should grow out my hair. <laughs> and so I tried it for. Uh, I usually refer to it as the old college try, which is about three months. Yeah. And I just looked terrible. It was just just wasn't anything, and I was like, I think because I had I usually had a buzzed haircut or yeah. short hair for like almost my entire life. And I was like, this just doesn't look right. So I think that that period in college when I tried to grow out my hair, that was pretty terrible. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with that as my worst haircut. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, my worst haircut, sixth grade. Uh, I bleached the whole top of my head. Oh, okay. Were yeah, we going not, for some... not the whole head? So the sides were still brown oh just the top just the top and i didn't do frosted tips like the entire top it was god awful it was bad i gotta see a picture of this it was like a two-toned haircut (laughs) and i thought i was it and then i i've seen pictures recently i'm like that is disgusting Mm. i look like a fool um and i had like the little flip up caesar do or whatever you call like hair you know what i mean where it's like gelled and flipped up on the side Uh or on the front and then like you know down uh, behind, and it was bad. Uh-oh. It was bad. Brown on the sides, completely bleached on top with the uh, with the hairdo. Oh, I need to see a picture. I'll, I'll find one. it for you. Yeah. I'll find it for you. I think I burned all the pictures of me with that <laughs> long hair. So yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, n- number eleven. Uh, if you had a yacht, what would you call it? I think I would. You know what? This is a hard one. This is a hard one. I think I would name it um, the Ron Burgundy. 
the Ron Burgundy yeah, or the Ron, Ron Bur- the Ron Burgundy. The Ron Burgundy. I, I like when uh, the boat needs to have the in front of it. The Ron Burgundy. Uh, love Ron Burgundy. The whole Will Ferrell thing, uh, especially that movie Anchorman. So I think I'd do the Ron Burgundy because, like, if I had a yacht, I feel like I would walk around like Ron Burgundy. Mm-hmm. And be like, hmm, I'm Ron Burgundy. Mm, scotch, me, beep, beep, beep. I feel like that would be my persona. Like, I I have many leather-bound books, and I have rich mahogany, you know, cabinets. So I think the Ron Burgundy, because if I ever had that much money to have a yacht, I would act like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as much as as long as we've asked this question, I continue to think, and I'm with you. I don't know if I have been reasonably able to come up with a name. So I'm it's just, a hard question. Yeah, sorry, guest. Uh-huh. That's a tough one. So I'm I'm stealing Mr. Conover's, and I'm <laughs> saying seaworthy. I love the play on words and all of that. Yeah. and I think it would be something around that realm, some sort of a, again play on words. But, okay, but seaworthy, seaworthy. I like seaworthy. it. Yeah. Seaworthy. <laughs> Uh, number 12 on a scale of one to 10, how cool are you? So I'm going to go ahead and I think I reasonably put myself, uh, at a seven and a half or an eight. So I I think, uh, you know, I think I'm a a cool person to be around. I think I'm enjoyable to be around, but I'm also a a pretty simple person and a pretty quiet person too, as well. Mm. Uh, I'm a great listener. Uh, I love to just be around people and listen. So I'm not the, uh, man, look at that guy. He's the life of the party. I'm the guy in the corner enjoying the party because of the life that is happening (laughs) in front of me. So, uh, Again, I'm not, I'm not out in front. I'm not like, whoa, look at this super cool dude. But there's some there's some some hints of coolness. I'm also the type of person too to where I also like to do things that I think most people think are uncool, mm-hmm. and I like to do those and like, oh yeah, no, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got you. Yeah. So uh, seven and a half, eight. I'll, I'll put myself there. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, uh, where are you putting you? I feel like I feel like the top, you know, echelon is eight to ten. Mm-hmm. And I think that I am a little socially awkward to be in the 8 to 10 range. Mm-hmm. I think I could be a little strange sometimes. So I'm going to put myself at a 6.5. Six and a half. Yeah, okay. 6.5. I think I'm, I'm, I'm a mid D. Uh, like I'm a D. Right. A, a solid D on the scale. Right. D's of, get degrees. Of, uh, of cool. And, and I, can, I have moments where I'm a, I'm a C. And I have <laughs> moments where maybe I'm, I'm an A. But I think my... my you know, most likely place is six point five. All right. So your 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 coolness GPA, yes, is at a six point five. Yeah, <laughs> but but I have potential. Okay. If the social awkwardness or my silliness doesn't get in the way, I have potential to to be in the eight to ten range. Mm-hmm. Well, so I like that. All right. Uh, number thirteen. Uh, what's on your plate if you had one meal left to eat? Oh gosh, uh, it would have to be definitely. A pulled pork sandwich. Ooh. Um, there'd have to be some sort of, uh, you know, reverse seared ribeye steak on there. Um, and then I, I really love a twice baked potato. Um, gosh, I think, yeah, I think those would be on there. I mean, there's a lot of other things I really like, but yeah. I think those would really hit hard for me if mm-hmm. that was my last meal. What about you? Um, a Hawaiian barbecue. Uh, we were fortunate. Plate lunch. Plate lunch, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we were fortunate enough that for our uh, rehearsal dinner, my cousin uh, happened to marry somebody who's an executive chef, and he did our rehearsal dinner, and he did this whole Hawaiian barbecue, the entire meal from that, and we had appetizers, we had entree, we had like the whole shebang. I would have that entire meal again in a heartbeat. That wow. would be that. That's that how was- I. Wow. Yeah. Your rehearsal dinner meal was your last meal. W- would be my last meal. Wow. Yeah. It was so That's awesome. good. It was so fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I still talk about it to this day. So Yeah, I mean my my daughter my daughter. 
No. My <laughs> sister, my sister is a pastry chef, and we've been to many of her restaurants. She's been at like three or four of them total. Um, and some of the stuff that they make there is is unbelievable. Shout out to my sister, Lexi Marine, a Granada graduate, mm-hmm. class Shout of out. 2010. Um, I'm going to her new restaurant, Bird Dog, mm. in Palo Alto this Friday. Um, so I'm looking forward to this new place that she's been at. Um, she is not only doing pastry, but she is actually like pretty much running the kitchen now. She's breaking down fish and and doing lots of other things on top of the pastry. So. Wow! Cheers to her for that. That's a that's a tough job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was completely random. Number fourteen. Would you rather dine alone or watch a movie alone? Um, I will probably say that I would rather watch a movie alone. And the only reason for that is there's a very good chance I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> so if I'm watching it with somebody or without somebody, uh, it'd probably be better than watching it by myself. So if I fall asleep, it's not like rude or disrespectful. So, uh-huh. yeah, I'll, I'll definitely watch that movie by myself. How about uh, you? Same for me, uh, because my wife talks through every movie. <laughs> so watch a movie alone. I, but I do like, sometimes I do like to dine alone. Yeah. Oh, I can enjoy the meal. I like to, you know, pop up somewhere and just have some chicken wings and just let me have my chicken wings. And it might be a little, you know, messy, but just leave me alone. Yeah, you can enjoy that. All right. Uh, Would you rather always hit a red light for the rest of your life or always get slow internet access after the sun went down? Red light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Internet access when the sun goes down is is a big one for me. I'm like usually streaming stuff and, and watching shows I'm trying to catch up on and that's like a good unwinding for me at the end of the night when everything's done. I like to watch a, a good show or or get involved with um, you know something that that I I want to catch up on uh, TV wise. So I'll take the red light. All right. How about you? Give me the slow internet access. Yeah. I get anxious at red lights. I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh, it popped back in the head. There it is. Yeah. Yes, Pet peeve. Go. Being late. Being late. Ooh. Oh, and like, or, or like wh- somebody's making you late. Somebody's making me Your late. Your wife is taking too long to get ready. Or people that are late. Like if, yeah. and so, and I'll give you the example. I'm also the type of person to where if you call me and saying, oh, like we're going to meet uh, at such and such as house. Um, you, uh, we need to be there at three 30. No problem. Three 30 on the dot. I'm rolling up. Okay. Mm. If you tell me, oh yeah, no problem. I'll be there at three 30 and you roll in at three 50. Stank eye. Oh, mm-mm. don't do that. I don't care that you're late. If we were supposed to be there at 3.30 and you said, you know what, I'm running late, I'll be there at 3.50, not a problem. Don't mind that. When you tell me, though, I'm supposed to be somewhere and I'm going to be there at a certain time and you are late, oh, no. Big pet peeve. Uh-huh, don't like that. So when I when I hear the red light, it stalls me from Got being it. on time. Mm-mm. Yeah, so I will not By do that. By the way, you've always <coughs> been really great at texting or, or letting me know Hey, I'm running a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, now I know because yeah. that's a big pet peeve. Yeah, I can't believe that that, that was such a block for me because that's, yeah, that's that's a big one. <laughs> that's a big one. Uh, Sixteen. Would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long and in great health? Oh yeah, I'm taking twice as long as in great health. I think yeah. uh, you know with uh, with wor- the world and the life where it is, give me time on this, and, and, and also time is money. Uh, we have money. You can spend it. You can't take it with you. You know, it's what it is. What it is. But give me life on this earth. Give me time with my friends and my family and the people that I want to be around. I'll take that over money any day. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, same for me. One of one of my other fears is I am afraid of death. So give me more time. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's avoid that that fear right yeah. here. <laughs> just, just give. I don't know what happens. Uh, death freaks me out. What I don't know. Uh-huh. So yeah, give me more time. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. 
All right, number 17, would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or a Nobel Prize winner? Uh, Nobel Prize. Yeah. Nobel Prize, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, Peace Prize would be awesome. Uh, Nobel Prize in literature would be cool. Um, but, I mean, that that's... I feel like that is lifelong work that has mm-hmm. been now appreciated by the world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is on par with what Olympic athletes do, yeah. right? Your lifelong work, then you, you become a medalist and you're appreciated by the world. So I think it, it's almost hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, it's just two different kind of uh, you know, arenas of, of what you do. Uh-huh. So I, I would pick that. How about you? Um, I'm, I'm going to take the gold medal. And uh, I was a big swimmer growing Javelin. up. Javelin. Oh, man. <laughs> Javelin would be an honor. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, no, I'd probably take either the swimming or some of the track events. So uh, the two individual medley or the four individual medley, that is one of the grueling, gruelingest races that you can do as a swimmer. Uh, to be able to be on top of that, that I think you are the king uh, or queen of swimming when you, sure. when you, when you can hold that crown. Um, and then for, for track, I think it would be cool to be the 100-meter dash winner, but I actually think the 200 and the 400 are those like, are tough. Those are the grind events, yeah. So give me the two and the four, uh, 400 meter. So you're just winning like nine events. I, I like it. I'm going to be the first swimmer <laughs> slash sprinter in, in the history of the Olympics. Yeah, that'll be me. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, number 18, would you rather be four foot five or seven foot seven? Yeah, I'll take four or five. Uh, I really? think I, I think I've seen individuals that are very, very tall and just kind of the the difficulties that they have in just navigating the world. Um, so I think that would be more challenging than uh, than maybe being uh, a little bit height impaired or height, yeah, <laughs> height yeah. deficient. So uh, I'll, I'll take the four or five over the seven seven. Uh, same for me, four mm-hmm. five. I think I could still swing a golf club at four five mm-hmm. seven seven. I just uh, I think that that's hard. To Those do. are really long shafts. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just a, that's a long swing. There's a, a lot of problems that could happen with a seven foot seven swinging a golf club. So I'll go with four or five. All right. Um, uh, number 19, would you rather babysit an uncontrollable crying baby for an entire day or an unwanted house guest for an entire week? I'll go with baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like people in my house for very long in general. Mm-hmm. Like my house is kind of my, like my quiet safe zone. Yeah. So yeah, unwanted for a week. That's way too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm fine with inviting people over to my house. That's fine. But, um, th- th- there's a time where you got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would definitely take the baby. How about you? All right. Yeah, I'm taking the baby as well. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on the house. This is kind of my, my my sanctuary. This is kind of the place I want to be, and uh, I want to be able to do the things I want to do, not have to worry about this unwanted person in there. And, yeah. you know, we've been through having children, and so it's uh, we, we know what that's like, and we also know what that unwanted house guest is, but I don't know if I've had an unwanted house guest for an entire week. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> if I would want to. Yeah, I'm not going through that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number 20. Can you tell me a secret? I stole some gummy bears from a store when I was like five years old. How dare you? I know. I Thank know. you for sharing them. Yeah. It feels, <laughs> I actually feel a lot better that I got that off my chest. So. <laughs> How about you? Any secrets you want to share? Uh, the first time I saw the movie Moana, I cried. Oh, it's a great movie, though. It's a great movie. Yeah. Again, the, I'm I'm breaking down some some Disney. There's some walls that have been put up and that are just being shattered here on this show. We've made well, a lot of breakthroughs today. I, I saw Moana way before I went to Hawaii, but first time I saw Moana, I cried. There you go. There's my secret. <laughs> uh, and see, we told secrets about ourselves. Yes. 
And I think, you know, our guests, it's like, come on. Yeah, I'm not so, asking you to tell me a secret about your wife or something like that. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to catch you. Yes, I am. I'm trying yeah. to catch you. Um, so there it is. We did it uh-huh. for you, the listeners. Thank you again. 1,000 plays and counting uh-huh. and climbing. Who knows where we'll be by the end of the season? Uh-huh. Um, we just really appreciate you all. Uh, we'll you know follow the uh, Instagram GLBH uh-huh. uh, podcast to see when this uh, next episode drops um and we just really appreciate you all we'll see you next week uh mr villa anything you want to add for the celebration i I gotta i gotta add one little celebration and this is just uh i'm I'm a big oakland a's fan Uh, we have a co-worker (laughs) who is from baltimore and he's baltimore Orioles fan we had a little bet between the the series and i was waiting for this Uh, the a's officially took the series they won three out of four and our bet was a sparkling water and what do i have right here Oh, that is the good. sparkling water that he gave me for the victory. So I'm just going to take a sip on air. Oh, oh, that tastes so good. Thank that was you. good sound effects. Oh. That was really good. Thank you, Mr. Rashid. That has never tasted so good. <laughs> well, everybody, stay safe out there. Stay classy, and as always, uh, grab life by the horns.